Good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Ken. I hope you got your cup of coffee and your virtual donut. Let's get this day started. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions. So they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda cause they've got to fill that quota. And the way things are, I'll bet they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. No tea. Hey, come on in, guys. Grab a seat. Let's get this day started. I'm so glad you guys stopped by. It's Monday. It's time to go to work and make some money and have a successful week and make someone smile this week and make someone happy and be kind to one another. Hey, hope you had a good weekend. How was your resurrection weekend? Did you guys go to church this weekend? Did you celebrate the resurrection of Christ, our Savior? Well, I did and had a great service, great time and uh, spent time with family and it was really good, fun, exciting and ate a little bit too much. So <laughs> I, I don't we always eat too much and why do we do that? I don't know, but um, hey, Let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll get we'll get the show started. So hang tight. No potato juice. Cause the planners down in Santa's all say no, no, no. The politician's daughter was accused of drinking water and was fined the great big $50 bill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Today's weather, a high of 63 and a low of 49 degrees and rain. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for uh, bearing with me as I got my little uh, fix of some Frank Sinatra there. 
Hey, if you've been listening to uh, Mornings with Ken for any length of time, um, you know that um, our parents live up with us. My mom and dad live with us. Um, as you know, they've gotten older. I like to keep an eye on them, so we moved in with us, and uh, we're here together, and we love each other, and everything's everything's just dandy. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey! By the way, if you missed, uh, I think it was Friday's show. I did an interview with my mom about her childhood, and if you missed it, go back and and uh, listen to that podcast. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. And uh, I think if you have an older parent, you might uh, enjoy that uh, episode. But anyway, to my point, my mom and dad live here with us. And uh, <laughs> just out of the blue one day, um, I'm walking through the house. And, uh, you know, I'm a heavier guy. You know, I'm I'm trying to lose weight. And I need to lose weight. Hopefully this week I can really make some uh, effort and uh, get some weight loss going. But um, I was, I had used the shower downstairs. I had put my shorts back on and I didn't have a shirt on though. And uh, as I'm walking up from the basement and I go through the kitchen, through the dining room, my mom's sitting in there having her morning breakfast. And uh, she goes, she goes, Kenny, have you ever measured your fat belly. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. My mom is the kindest person in the world. Literally, she's the most kindless, kind, kindest, kindest person in the world. And she asked me, did I ever measure my fat belly? Because she's concerned about me. Because she's concerned about my weight. And, and so is my wife, Dixie. But, uh... <laughs> It just it just took me because my mom just caught me off guard, and I know she meant well, and uh, she's concerned about my health, being overweight, and uh, but the way she said it, I didn't appreciate it. I can have you ever measured your fat belly? Oh my gosh. Oh man, mom, she was not gentle at all. <laughs> she was not gentle, and I love her for it. I love my mom and dad, but um, you know, I kind of was. Oh, I wouldn't say I was hurt, but maybe I was. I was a little hurt, you know. I'm thinking, mom, you're you're my mom, and, and but I appreciate her honesty. But you know, it kind of hurt there for a minute. I thought, oh. My mom just called me fat. <laughs> but um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today on today's show. Um, controlling the tongue and being kind. And uh, not that my mom wasn't kind, but I mean, she could have been a little bit more gentle with me. I love my mom. My mom can say whatever she wants to me because that's what moms do, right? They just speak their mind. And it's not like she was wrong. Um, she was right. I'm fat. But, um, you know, sometimes we don't think before we speak. I don't. I'll just talk about me. I'm going to leave you guys out of it. So I'm going to talk about me. Sometimes I don't. 
I don't think before I speak. I just, I just let it all out there. And I think if we just took a little bit, a second before we, we say something, it would be so beneficial because words do hurt. You know, the old, uh, the old saying, childhood saying, sticks and stones may break my bones. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not true. Um, it's a nice saying. I think it was, I think the saying was meant well to teach kids um, not to pay attention when, when being bullied at school or bullied in life, I guess. But, but words can hurt, hurt. And they do. They do actually um, hurt. I can remember, boy, oh boy, sometimes, sometimes I'm just too personal on this show. But let me share the story anyway, because if my story can benefit you in any way, um, I'm I'm willing to share it. But I can remember in grade school, so I must have been pretty young. So I must have been in the third or fourth grade. I I'm not sure, but um, boy, third grade would be awfully. So maybe I was in the fourth grade. I'm not sure, but. I know it was grade school, and we had gym class. And, boy, what was his name? Mr. Johnson? Mr. Johnson? Mr. Johnson was a a big guy, a big guy, and I don't mean fat. I mean he was big, muscular, you know, just a fit, a very fit person. And he's kind of intimidating. You know who he reminded me of? Of all the guy from... Um, Cruz is his last name. I think Cruz is his last name. And he played on that uh, TV show, uh, a cop show. It's kind of a silly show. Um, boy, what was Terry Cruz? Terry Cruz is his name, I believe. Terry Cruz. He reminded me of Terry Cruz, but picture Terry Cruz, but Terry Cruz is just a nice guy, um, from what I could tell. But um, this guy, this gym teacher, was kind of intimidating, and he kind of like he hated like he hated the world. <laughs> but he just reminded me of Terry Crews, as far as his physique and and that. And um, anyway, so I'm probably like in the some some grade school age, and we're in gym class, and I couldn't. I guess we're learning to do we were learning to do jumping jacks or something. And I wasn't doing the jumping jacks correctly, you know. So, guys, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'm laughing now, but I was not laughing then, because then it, it was it was kind of painful. Um, so I'm in gym class, and I'm not doing the the jumping jacks correctly. I don't know how I was doing them incorrectly at a at a grade school age. You know, sorry, forgive me. So whatever, I just wasn't doing the jump tra- jumping jacks right. So Mr. Johnson starts reaming me out, yelling and screaming at me. I'm a little kid. I'm a little grade school kid. He makes everybody form a circle and puts me in the middle of the circle. So think about this. Bunch of grade school kids. He makes a circle, makes the kids make a circle, 
puts me in the middle of the circle. And guy, I'm not making this up. I am not making this up. And he starts berating me and, and yelling at me to do the jumping jacks. So little Ken, I'm up there doing jumping jacks. And all the kids are looking at me and staring at me in a circle. And he just starts berating me and screaming at me. And I'm in tears. I'm bawling my eyes out trying to do jumping jacks. And he's just berating me. <laughs> oh, it sounds pitiful. It was pitiful. I was so intimidated. And uh, it's like it's wonder I didn't pee my pants. But um, I, I remember it caused such commotion. I think the principal came in. And, uh, yeah, I, I think something was done about it. I don't know what happened, but... I don't know if he was given a talking to or what, but something happened because, yeah. Anyway, but I remember him saying such like, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You can't do jumping jacks. You're stupid. You know, just all these nasty negative words. And I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid. I bawl my eyes out and all the other students, they weren't even laughing at me. They were, they were frightened. They were frightened. So that's uh, what I was experiencing in grade school. And I just thought, you know, how, how those words, stupid, never amount to anything, uncoordinated, how that, that was, that hurt. Sticks and stones mean they break your bones, but words would never hurt you. No, that hurt. The words hurt. It was kind of it was kind of painful. So, and I, I don't know what was going on in that guy's life at that time. You know, maybe he had some very personal issues going on during that time. I have no idea. But um, yeah, that that was really crazy. <laughs> And it really did hurt my feelings. And so words can't hurt. So, and sometimes I catch myself with that. I don't watch what I say. And I, I would never say anything uh, mean or hurtful to anyone on purpose. And I don't think we do it on purpose. I think we do it without thinking. As far as, you know, I can tell. We do it, we, we do it without thinking. We don't mean it, but sometimes, at least I, I open up my big mouth with, <laughs> without thinking, and uh, it can be hurtful. And our words do have some power. Our words do have some uh, power. So um, I was kind of reminded, reminded of uh, the book of James. And uh, I think it's uh, it's James chapter one, I think. James, or is it chapter three? <laughs> oh, gosh. But in James, it talks about, uh, well, let me just read it here. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone 
who is never at fault and what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. But we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We are so large and are are driven by strong winds. They are steer. Oh, wait. Let me start over here, folks. I apologize. When we put bits in the in the mouths of horses, they obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Whenever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is, is, is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless, it is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. So here, you know, just using scripture as an example, the tongue is powerful. The tongue is powerful. And kind of getting back to the story with the gym teacher and me, it took me years to really realize how damaged I was by that gym teacher berating me in a circle of my peers, bringing me to tears. I didn't realize it until years and years later, I realized why I was... Uh, the way I was built because early childhood memories and traumas can affect your personality. And those words he spoke to me really, you know, damaged me. Now, granted, I'm not one to cry boo-hoo, woe is me. <laughs> you know, you you move on from that. I'm not, you know traumatized now as, as an adult, but those words really hurt my self-confidence and it hurt me for many, many, many years. And I don't know what his intentions was were um, as a gym teacher to berate me like that. And I don't know that he knew those, those words would haunt me for years and years and years, but they did. So his tongue was not tamed like the horse that you put a bit in its mouth so you can move the heavy horse. The tongue often cannot be tamed. We speak before we think. I'm reminded of another verse in Colossians. Colossians uh, 
4, 6. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasons with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let me read that again. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasons with seasons with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Salt is a preservative. You want to preserve those relationships. When you lash out at someone, chances are you're breaking that relationship or conversation off. You want to be like salt and preserve preserve the relationship by the choosing the kind words to say. And how often I personally, because I get passionate about a subject matter and an issue, I spout off giving my opinion because I'm passionate about it, but not being careful using the kind words. And, uh, I've caught myself in that. I've caught myself that, you know, it's okay to be passion, passionate, but when you're passionate, you don't want to ruin a friendship just to win an argument. I think we talked about this very recently on the show, but it's so true. Um, there's another verse in Proverbs uh, 20, 21, 28. Uh, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Oh my gosh, how true that is. Those who guard their mouth and their tongue keep themselves from calamity. Oh my gosh, how often have we our tongues got us in trouble when we had nitpicking, uh, badmouth somebody or talk negative about somebody, and it just causes problems. And you're not you're not being kind and loving um, to someone. You don't know what that person is going through on that day, and maybe they did say something a little bit rough or nasty to you, but in turn, you don't speak ill of them. Otherwise, you're just bringing calamity onto the issue. You're just making it worse. So I think it's very important when we talk to one another to think before we speak, be wise. Think before we say those harsh words to one another. Don't lose a friendship over um, ill-chosen words um, during uh, uh, during the, the heated conversation that you're both passionate about. Let's not lose friendships over that. Let's be kind to one another. And sometimes it's just very flippant. Like, in, for example, with my mother. Hey, Kenny, have you ever measured that big belly? <laughs> like, wow, come on, really? I had a comeback. I... <laughs> I had a comeback for my mom um, almost immediately. It was one of those moments where I immediately had a comeback that I could have said to her, but it wouldn't have been nice and I would never hurt my mom. But the thought in my head was funny, but I kept it there. Luckily, I kept it there. So, hey, when we come back, I want to touch on how we can use this uh, taming of the tongue in other areas of our lives. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back. Hey, I just want to touch a little bit, um, a little bit on the subject of uh, kind words or maybe proper words or way to use the English language where it's not offensive. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this, but um, earlier I was watching some old newscasts from like the 40s or 40s, the 50s and 60s. And I was kind of comparing it to newscasts of today. Excuse me while I cough. (coughs) So I was watching, and I think there have been biases. You can't go through life without some biases. But I was noticing in the 1950s broadcast that I was watching, when they were talking about maybe what Congress was voting on or what the president was going to say, they were just very factual and they didn't use strong adjectives to describe what the politician was doing. In other words, the one broadcast was talking about Harriet Truman and saying Truman gave his speech today and he spoke on the budget. He spoke on a bill that would uh, eliminate the tax on vegetable oil. And I noticed it was a CBS broadcast from the 50s. So I noticed they stayed away from adjectives in speaking the story. Like So let me translate what that same story would sound like um, in today's time. Um, let's pretend Harriet Truman was uh, in 2021. Harriet Truman today is announcing an outrageous plan to eliminate the tax on vegetable oil that is going to greatly damage America and it's good. that's what it would sound like in today's newscast. So my, my point is words mean any, mean things. And I think in society we've gotten away with gotten away from just stating facts of a story rather than in the news we 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 say our opinion about the story as we're pretending to say the news and all all stations are guilty of that no matter what station you turn on they all will give their opinion about the news stories we used to have these things called editorials at the end of the news maybe the news director would give their opinion which I don't support anyway. I don't think that should. I don't think editorials should even be on a news cast. But at least they told you it was an opinion. Nowadays, if you turn on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, C-SPAN, C-SPAN's getting there, folks. Believe me. Um, local news, ABC, all those. They're giving you their opinion sprinkled in with with the news events 
And we need to watch our words, even in the area of media. And I, I noticed, think, think about this, think about this. Let's just say there was a shooting and a guy robbed the pizza shop. You don't have to say, okay, uh, two black men robbed the pizza shop on the corner of uh, South Arlington and Johnson Street or whatever. Now, I think if you if if the suspects weren't caught, maybe you bring a description in, but too often we wanna we wanna describe every event um with an adjective that doesn't need to exist. Now, again, like if you're looking for a suspect, I kind of get it. But we demonize people by our words and we demonize groups of people. And we do it even in some of the social justice movements where we do, you know, white fragility, uh, anything where, <laughs> oh, I got to be careful. I don't want to, hurt anybody's feelings but anytime too often we put race in front of everything we put race in front of everything and we use a lot of adjectives and i i, I don't think that's beneficial um i don't need to know that a latino man was arrested for um domestic violence no i i don't I need to know the guy's name? I get. I mean, if you want to say um, the guy's name and saying arrest was made on the corner of Fifth Street and blah 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 for domestic violence, I don't care if he's white, black, purple, green from outer space. A guy was arrested for domestic violence. Okay, and I, I don't need to know. Buzzwords. There's lots of buzzwords. And I, I think we can get ourselves in trouble. I think we have gotten ourselves in trouble by so many buzzwords that inflame the story rather than just being stating the facts of the story. I'd rather hear the facts of the story than adjectives inflaming the story. If that makes sense. Because otherwise we're just. Even how we describe events. Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll describe an event as a protest. Sometimes we'll describe it as a riot. Sometimes we'll describe it as an insurrection. Depending on what group we support at the time. without even diving into the de definitions of what words mean, we choose words to fit our angle. And I think we need to be careful with that. Let's not use outrageous language to describe an event when it's not necessary. And let's be kind to one another. Can we do that? 
can we stop worrying about what our agendas is, what our agendas are, and just be kind to one another, to one another? Yeah. Talk about biases. We all have so many of our biases. And even even in the medical field, when when we want to research certain uh, maybe diseases and maybe how it affects one race of people versus another race of people. Now, I understand the importance of of information so maybe you can cause some of the the sicknesses and the illnesses um to be lessened and to to conquer that disease in certain people if it affects them um more severely than other people but everything doesn't have to be about our differences and let's stop pushing people away from us from using big buzzwords and and creating a separation depending on what language we, we want to use for certain groups of people. Can I give a real quick... This, oh, I'm going to get in trouble because Ken... Mornings with Ken is not supposed to be um, controversial. Boy, I keep getting controversial. Guys, I'll try to, I'll try not to. But real quick. Um I was doing some research on women's pay in the workforce. And cuz I I had heard this one song talking about Okay, long story short, did some research on women's pay. I personally in 52 years of being alive and 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 having a few jobs have never known of a woman getting paid less per hour just because she was a woman. And but you know what? If you listen to the news or if you listen to the words being said in communities, you would think that the manager at the McDonald's on your corner, I'm just using McDonald's for an example because they're easy to pick on, <laughs> um, pays the 17-year-old girl $9.80 an hour, pays the 17-year-old boy um, $10.01 because she's a girl and he's a guy. No, no, no. When you talk about women's pay, not measuring up to to pay of men. It's really, if you do the research, it's really because when they do those statistics, they're using t- statistics over a lifetime of the average women. Average women are in the workforce less time than men. And it is due to, a lot of it is doing to, to childbearing and child raising. So if, if a woman starts working at the age of 19, they've done average studies until the death of the woman or till they're retired. So from the age of, let's say, 19 to 67, the woman may have only earned, say, $30,000 a year. 
And then over a lifetime, let's just say that's $800,000 or whatever it is, where a man might have earned $120,000 for the same job. But because the woman was in the workplace less hours because of child rearing, giving birth, women typically are not in the workforce as long as men are. So then when they do the math, they bring it back and they misstate the fact saying women get paid less than men. And that's seriously not the case. Yes, over a lifetime for that same job position, they do because of the length of service, the length of time in that job role. But you won't hear that research in in certain social groups because it sounds good to say that women get paid less than men when there are no truthful facts to state that. Go get, guys, wages are set by HR departments. It's, they don't, uh, I gotta go, guys. You guys have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. I love you guys. Bye-bye. The faucet, she is dripping, and the fence, she's falling down. My pocket needs some money so I can go in the town. My brother isn't working, and my sister doesn't care. The car, she needs a motor so I can go anywhere. My mother's always working, she's working very hard, but every time she looks for me, I'm sleeping in the yard. My mother thinks I'm lazy, and maybe she is right. I'll go to work mañana, but I gotta sleep tonight. Mañana, 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 it's soon enough for me. Oh, once I had some money, but I gave it to my friend. He said he'd pay me double, it was only for a land. But he said a little later that the horse, she was so slow. Why he gave the horse my money is something I don't know. Talking to my skin, but if we wait a day or two, the rain may go away. 